lots of like. Ah! Hello and welcome to the Afterspark Podcast, an episode by episode recap of the Generation One Transformers cartoon. I'm Els. And I'm Spex. Today we're going to be talking about episode number twenty-seven, Microbots. Let's talk about giant robots today, shall we? Okay. And now, in South America. White people doing white people things, as they do. Digging up pottery. <laughs> and we know they're white people because they're treating it like a game. Also, the male archaeologist says how old an artifact is immediately after digging it up. Fuck carbon dating. Real men can tell just by looking. <laughs> the female scientist hits something strange while digging. Something strange. In very fashionable Decepticon purple. Ooh! Come to think of it, her hair's about the right kind of purple, too. I'm surprised the cons didn't kidnap her as well. <laughs> or won't. <laughs> Surprise! It's a spaceship! These two archaeologists have unwittingly dug up the original Decepticon ship, the Nemesis. Which, you know, on a tangent, kind of got crashed there in Beast Wars. <laughs> the Decepticons uh, recount this breaking news about this fascinating find. But to the Ark! Guys, guys, it's a first after episode! It is gonna be a good day. He is so cute. He is. We're getting our good preceptor proper introduction, I guess. Yes, and he deserves one because he is adorable. Preceptor is attempting to fix a microchip that belongs to Ironhide. Um, and he's hurried along by Braun, who's being a dick. Vindication! Braun is a jerk, even to his allies! And we quote, Real work is crushing Decepticons, not fussing with chips. Perceptor reminds Braun that they fucking need him, and considering that the clones try to blow up the planet every other week through some roundabout scientific nonsense, yes, having a scientist on staff is a good idea. Especially one who doesn't, you know, blow shit up all the time. Yeah, Wheeljack is a very specialized skill set. <laughs> Perceptor enlarges the microchip to repair it. Check if size changing, Bray, anyone? Why, yes. Bumblebee, being not a jackass, defends Perceptor as Braun continues to be, well, a jackass. <laughs> I mean, I'd have to wonder how basically the team works, but I guess Perceptor is one of the newer people to arrive, so I guess it makes sense that there'd be some tension. Probably, but Braun just seems like he's a jerk. <laughs> he is, he is. Optimus orders B, Braun, and Ironhide to follow him as they head down to South America to stop the Decepticons from getting into their ship, because the Autobots have also caught the new the news flash. Obviously. Now, in South America, the cons are blowing up lots and lots of trees. It's what they do. Starscream is attacked by an absolutely gigantic snake! <laughs> it's easily as big around as his arms, man. It's super big. Right! And then we have Ravage frolicking with an actual jaguar. And, you know, his method of dealing with it involves shooting a missile at it before easily batting the, the jaguar away. And the jaguar is just like, the fuck? <laughs> Screw this, I'm out of here. <laughs> right? And Starscream is, you know, able to shed the snake. Hans, no, no! The Starscream had better belief that Megatron has a plan. No, no, this stops now. Bone Crusher is just trundling along in the back, moving some trees in vehicle mode, and I just love it. 
I think my personal headcanon is that the Constructicons are constantly doing their actual jobs while everyone is being morons, and I love it. Well, considering how many, you know, base of the leagues the Decepticons have, yes, they're pretty- Presumably they're actually pretty good at their job is what I'm gonna go with, and I- I don't know, I found that thought very, very funny. <laughs> yep. Apparently, they're doing all of this to try to avoid Autobot detection by staying on the ground, so, you know, they can avoid a sky spy detection or satellite detection Which or something. Makes sense, but it, uh, regardless, the Autobots have arrived in South America, and that's not Ironhide. That's really not Ironhide. Well, Ratchet's voice is coming out of his mouth, so we have to assume it's actually Ratchet and just, you know, Miss Teller. Again. The Autobots follow the trail of destruction left by the cons. Why did Prime bring the medic and two short guys? I think this is an established pattern at this point. Oh, honestly, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, back with the cons, Scavenger is scanning the ground in vehicle mode while Megatron is walking next to him. It just looks kind of weird. Like, you know they can turn into vehicle mode, but I still kind of, like... Oh, right. Megatron is twice the height of a dump truck, right? <laughs> you kind of forget when you don't have things around to, you know, compare it to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess they needed their geologist. And considering the placement of Scavenger's, um, backhoe thing, which apparently his scanner is in in robot mode, it makes more sense for him to do it in his alt mode. Fair. They arrive on the dig site just as the archaeologists were going to try to get into the ship, which is now more unburied than in previous shots. The humans, um, flee, you know, drive off after they encounter some threatening laser fire with, that, you know, misses them, of course, but... Megatron says, cut it open! Can't you just find the door? Specs, Specs, he forgot the password. It has been several million years. Hello? <laughs> Couldn't you just, you know, get your construction crew to take the door off the hinges or something? <laughs> There are less destructive ways to get into this thing for whatever you want in it. Oh, what if you destroy the thing that you're going in there for? Oh, Specs. Soundwave didn't plan this out, so therefore it's nonsensical as hell. <laughs> and oh, look, they blasted into the part of the ship that had exactly what the fuck they wanted. How convenient! I'm surprised they didn't accidentally blow themselves up. The show would be over then. What would we do? Plot armor. <laughs> Megatron survived a planet exploding. I think he would probably be fine. Maybe, maybe not anyone else. Yeah, fair. Megatron wants to play doctor on the ship as he extracts this thing called the Heart of Cybertron. Apparently he just wanted to be a medic in every continuity. Who knew? Like, I think he borrows a laser scalpel from Hook or something. Yeah, like he, he doesn't even have like the innate... Um, thingy. Equipment to do it is what's funny, but he doesn't. He doesn't blow them up, which we establish later. This thing is explosive. Yeah, because apparently this this thing is an energy maximizer, whatever the fuck that means. Yeah, I know. Who knows? <laughs> and then Megatron just hands it to Hook and says, "Put it inside me," and then lays on the ground for what you know fuck? What the fuck? for some impromptu surgery. <laughs> And then Hook just kind of shoves it in there, where his spark chamber would be, I guess, in a later continuity. But this is this is the G1 cartoon. There's no sparks. There's no continuity. But I will remind you, we know sparks exist retroactively by way of Beast Wars. Sorry. <laughs> this will be the soapbox I die on, apparently. <laughs> Megatron is 
super buff now, metaphorically speaking. But then Optimus shows up and orders attack. <clears throat> but, uh, wait a minute. So you're telling me that Optimus, Ratchet, Bumblebee, and Thrawn are just going to take on souped up Megs, Soundwave, Starscream, Ravage, Rumble, and at least some of the Constructicons, if not all six of them, and or possibly Devastator. Optimus has complete confidence. In what? <laughs> Ratchet being able to outmedic the Constructicons? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that solves Megatron shooting purple force lightning out of his fingertips. Well, I guess Mega I guess Optimus doesn't know how to deal with it either, because he takes it straight to the straight to the chest and he falls off a cliff, <laughs> of course. And a quick commercial break and cliff jumper manifests out of nowhere. Well, see, now that they don't have to animate Optimus moving, they have more of a budget to deal with all these other pesky characters, so just pretend they were there all along. Well, speaking of pesky characters, Blue Streak and Ironhide are here now too. And they're Did they mean smokescreen? Uh, I honestly don't remember. <laughs> Note that may have, I may have meant smokescreen because for some reason I keep getting the two mixed up when I'm taking notes, so I do apologize. Uh, but two more characters show up, I think is what we're getting at. Yeah. Then they're both immediately taken out by Megatron's Force Lightning because, of course. Of course! And then Brawn. Yes! Pay for your sins, Brawn! Your sins of being a dick to Perceptor! <laughs> And then Ratchet is hit, and then Puffer shows up before getting immediately unlucky, and he's like, I hope I'm lucky! And then he's not. He's not. But now, Iguana. <laughs> <laughs> and with that uh, lovely lizardly intermission, <laughs> Smokescreen is trying to rouse Prime. Prime is up, but Windcharger is down. <laughs> Okay, so um, so is the going rate for Optimize six Autobots, or are they all going to go away now that Optimus is up? <laughs> Who knows? But Optimus apparently knows about the Heart of Cybertron, which is the thing that he, that was just shoved into Megs, and I have to ask, how? Apparently they just didn't give a damn about finding it before now, or they thought it was maybe in the ocean, though I don't know why they wouldn't have been concerned about that. Yeah, because they, again, you, you establish later it is explosive. <laughs> Yes, and also that the Decepticons live in the ocean. Right. Now it is time for Smokescreen to show us why his name is Smokescreen. As he does. Megatron angrily shoots in random directions while yelling because he can't see through the smoke that Smokescreen has smoked out. Yes. Optimus orders everyone to fire on Megatron. And Hoist is here too. They blast the hill, burying all the cons under a rock slide, which, no, Soundwave, my poor blue son, and Rumble, my poor blue garbage baby. <laughs> We've also got confirmation that Grapple's here too, as Optimus orders him, Hoist, and Ratchet to get the wounded out of there. Back at the Ark, Perceptor meets the wounded Autobots as they arrive in the entrance to the Ark. <laughs> God, that must have been some commute. Yeah, from South America, presumably without Skyfire? I guess. Or maybe maybe Skyfire just turns up, picks him up, and drops him off. Who the hell knows? He I'll was on vacation and you know, they, they had to they had to call him in, who knows? Yeah. And Braun is continuing his um, modus operandi for this episode, aka Jackassery. Of course. Wheeljack! was also in the earlier fight as he's now among the wounded despite us never seeing him 
I think we can just assume that apparently all the Autobots were there. Right. Getting their Most asses. <laughs> getting their butts kicked. I don't know. Uh, the cons proceed to unbury themselves, and then we're back at the Ark. Whee! <laughs> Perceptor is uh, also working on a wounded power glide. Jesus! I know we said it, but like, there were so many bots in South America. So many! I've been shy to them. Perceptor puts forth the suggestion that a group of Autobots should shrink themselves and intermegatron to disconnect the heart of Cybertron. It's not exactly a bad plan. It's just, if they had this before now, why didn't they think to use it? And they're not or, gonna... Uh, some other... Yeah, who the frick knows. And it's never gonna come up again. But Optimus seems game. Braun is still very unhappy. But Optimus orders B and Braun to accompany Perceptor into Megatron. Perceptor is so sassy about this. The sassiest of microscopes. And I know Perceptor said they were going to be microscopic, but I swear they're just toy-sized. I think you mean fun-sized. Well, obviously I mean fun-sized. <laughs> well, they'd fit quite nicely under the desk. Wouldn't they, though? Powerglide is tasked with getting them near enough to Megatron so they can infiltrate the Decepticon camp. It is time for booze! Or as the fanon calls it, high-grade. A.k.a. robot booze. Pretty much. So all the Decepticons get super drunk. And everybody but Megs is passed out on the ground, super stone cold drunk. So what you're saying is he can hold his booze then. I think everyone else is just a really light drinker. <laughs> well, I mean, they're mostly seekers, in all fairness. And he passes out immediately afterwards. <laughs> so no, I don't think he can hold his booze better than anyone else. <laughs> I think he's just got a better force of will. <laughs> Powerglide makes the drop and the tiny Autobots scramble out of their container and into Megatron. Megatron wakes up and sees Powerglide and orders an attack. But of course all the other cons are stumbling around and not able to actually move. Including poor Laserbeak who nosedives into the ground, which is sad but also hilarious. <laughs> and Megatron just decides that he's gonna deal with all this shit by himself and flies off. <laughs> Gonna be him against all, what, 200 Autobots? Something like that. Which, I mean, maybe with the heart of Cybertron, he'll be fine. <laughs> Unless he goes boom, but, I mean. I don't boom, think baby. He, boom, baby. I don't think he gives a damn about that. <laughs> a planet went boom and he didn't care. Why would he care if he exploded? Well, if it's inside him, it's going to be more of an issue than if it's outside him. I don't think his armor has that sort of structural integrity. <laughs> Was imagining Megatron staying like perfectly calm through sheer force of will <laughs> or rage. One of those. Well, I don't think his internal bits are as probably hardy as his outer bits. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, so while he's still, so while he decides to take on all of the Autobots, he is still pretty darn drunk. And I just want to know where's my footage of him flying straight into a radio tower or something. <laughs> Meanwhile, inside Megatron, whatever passes for Cybertronian white blood cells are trying to rid his body of the um, microorganisms that are B, Braun, and Perceptor. Braun! Oops, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> or BBP. <laughs> Braun, being good at only one thing, which is, you know, beating shit up, actually manages to destroy a few of them. He just tears them the fuck apart. With some oddly well-animated movement. Our Motley crew continues on their micro-excursion, arriving at Megatron's shoulder joint. And 
the, the naturally occurring years, pulleys and levers that the Marvel comics say they evolved from. <laughs> Obviously. Cutting to Optimus, we are told Megatron's ten minutes out from the Autobot base. Our tiny robots arrive at Megatron's brain module. Why didn't they just shoot it? Apparently they just... I don't know. Perceptor and Bumblebee might have moral objections, but I'm not sure why Ron just didn't do it. It's a bad idea to shoot, you know, your pilot. Or the brain of the robot you're currently hitching a ride in. You don't want to... Fair. You're going to get kind of... Splatted. <laughs> anyway, Braun had the exact same idea. Oh, fuck no! <laughs> I guess he does have some good ideas sometimes, but they're, um... He's a jackass still. <laughs> Wheeljack tells Optimus, and by Optimus I mean us, that they have a force field up, and it'll only last five minutes under Megatron's attack, so... Are they limited by the amount of power that they have access to, or just... I don't know. But we've got a 15-minute buffer, apparently. I don't know why they keep giving us exact times. Megatron arrives, and Optimus rallies all available Autobots to buy Perceptor more time. The Interceptor pulled Braun back from Megatron's brain. Perceptor also tells us that the Star of Cybertron is super explosive, so Megatron falling down would be super bad. Right. Megatron has started thinking as brain impulses are starting to fly around his brain. It's hilarious that Megatron just does a lot of stuff without thinking, apparently. Oh, I'm sorry. They're evil impulses. That's important. Yeah. I don't know how they can specify. God, do not evil impulses not show up like that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, regardless, uh, BBP hitch a ride on one of the impulses to the heart of Cybertron, because apparently that's how... You get around a Megatron. Mm -hmm. Well, apparently that's how the Cybertronian nervous system works. Apparently. There's some really nice animation in this. Is that why there were so few robots in some of the earlier scenes, you think? I guess they spend all their money on the special effects. Perceptor advises caution when they arrive at the heart of Cybertron. Otherwise, they might set up us the bomb. (laughs) They might set up the bomb. Um, yeah. Um, let's not do that. Outside, Megatron gets through the Autobots' force field. As in, it shatters like literal glass. Which seems to be a pattern with force fields in this show at this point. Perceptor disconnects the last wires. The three of them grab the star and book it out of Megatron's body. Mass shifting all the way home. Megatron's face, when three Autobots climb out of his shoulder, are pretty is pretty fucking great, by the way. <laughs> Bumblebee turns around and says, Excuse us. Of course. Megatron then calls them retro rats and just flies off. Oh no, the star is destabilizing. Or the heart is destabilizing, or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> because the heart is destabilizing, Braun heaves into space with a, I don't know, a massive swing of his short, stubby <laughs> arm or something. <laughs> and Perceptor shoots it once it's 2,000 miles away, causing Braun to now be a convert to Perceptorism as he calls Perceptor his friend. Perceptor just looks happy about this. Which I mean, fair. Uh, join us next time for the Master Builder, or the Constructicons seduce Grapple and Hoist with words. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have two quick recommendations: one from me and one from Els. The first one is Domestic Electronics by Belia Takaria underscore D, and it's an IDW G one AO, very AO, <laughs> very. <laughs> it's not rated. But it's generally gen, there aren't really any pairings. The main characters are an original human, 
and then there's uh, the rest of the cast is effectively original humans or the IDWM symbol. <laughs> oh, and in summary, once upon a job in retail, an average Joe took home a return to domestic electronic from the Transformers brand. These are a glimpse into a normal life with tiny electro domestics running rampant through the apartment. Character theme Arrakis. It's basically, it's got a bunch of tiny robots. <laughs> The cartoon has a bunch of tiny robots. Yes. Or, well, several tiny robots. Just tiny robots. <laughs> um, at this point, I think Domestic Electronics is complete, and that's the note that we have on here, because Belio Takaria doesn't seem to be uh, active anymore. But they have the thick marked as complete. It seems like they were kind of periodically adding stuff to it, even though. But what's there is still really good, and I do recommend it, because it's very enjoyable to read. Yep. Alright, my recommendation for today is Chronic by Little Miss Sweetgrass. The continuity is IDW, the rating is T, it is Slash, it is, uh, the pairing is Cosmos Soundwave. Our characters are Cosmos, Soundwave, Rest, Q, Rumble, Frenzy, Laserbeak, and Buzzsaw. And in summary, everyone had secrets. This was just a fact of life, and ever since the war started, secrets became something of a currency. Something to trade or exchange for more. Secrets are what helped fuel the war, and mechs had dedicated their whole lives just to find these hidden treasures. Cosmos's personal secrets weren't anything that would be considered interesting or sought after since the war was over. See, Cosmos was a minibot. And then the type is one shot, but it is part of a series. This is actually the second part of this of uh, one I recommended earlier called Quiet. It's all part of the, the same series of Soundwave Cosmos stuff. <laughs> I've read this one. It's good. I like it. Uh, yeah. I like this show. <laughs> and then I believe we also have art for you to recommend. Yes. Our recommendation for today is Rakuda. They seemed like they were primarily doing crime. They have a Tumblr, a Pixiv, and a Twitter. At least as of the last time I checked. They have some really cute crime artwork. In particular, I like their knockout uh, breakdown stuff. Today we've linked some artwork of Knockout and Breakdown making flower crowns, a Cyclonus tailgate comic, and some Megatron Optimus art, which is, uh, I love all of it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just Cyclonus and uh, tailgate being Cyclonus and tailgate, and uh, you know, cute uh, Knockout Breakdown stuff, and uh, Optimus and Megatron from Prime. <laughs> I've seen that work, I like them. Yeah, I do too. And that just about wraps it up for us today. Remember to check us out on Tumblr or Pillowfort as Afterspark Podcast for any additional information, show notes, or links we may have mentioned. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Afterspark Pod, all one word, and various other locations by searching for Afterspark Podcasts such as AO3, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and YouTube, just to name a few. Till next time, I'm Specs. And I'm Els. Toodles. <laughs>